Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 195. We're on day eight of 13. We have five more episodes to go. Thanks for being here. Uh, It's been a big week, (laughs) Uh, a great week, a very cool week, but a big week. And I'm going to record this podcast episode and then jump on a bunch of calls with my warriors. Uh, And then I'm going to plan for our live coaching call that we have on Saturday. And this call is all about resetting and creating a 90-day training plan. And it's really to help set them up for the next Warrior Queen Challenge that we are running in September. So we ran the first one in January and it was a 12-week challenge. It was all around building confidence at the barbell and lifting heavy weights, PRing, back squats, deadlifts, uh, and progressing pull-ups. And there were so many cool wins out of that challenge. You can hear a lot of the stories and the wins uh, in podcast episodes that I did with my warriors. I had about seven or eight of them on the podcast and they shared uh, their biggest learnings and insights and wins during that challenge. So we're going to run another one to uh, finish out 2023, which is very cool. But this call is about resetting and I'm actually going to do a podcast episode on this idea, this uh, topic. I'll do it after we do our live coaching call on the weekend, but it's a really cool uh, practice. It's a cool idea that I've been doing uh, in my life, in my training, in my work and even in my relationships for a number of years now. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to bring you that podcast episode. Uh, I'm also creating a plan right now to improve and enhance our circle platform. So Warrior School has this group and community part to it. And we use a platform called Circle and that's kind of our hub And so right now I'm creating a plan to update a bunch of content and resources uh, on that platform to improve it, enhance it, uh, to make my Warriors experience way better uh, with that platform. So that's also another big baby, a big project that I'm working on. Uh, And I need to do a bunch of filming for the pull-up course. And my goal is to have that pull-up course out uh, at the end of June, if not the first week of July. I've taken on this big, massive podcast project. Uh, And so, uh, and it's been a little um, hard, I guess, to juggle some of these other really big projects that I have. Uh, as well as um, leading my warriors. And so all of the warriors, uh, they do live coaching calls with me. So uh, every month they'll have uh, a momentum call, which is an hour long coaching call. And then they'll have a power meeting strategy call, which is a shorter 20 minute call. So 
we've we've got those always dancing and going on throughout the month. I have a bunch today uh, and then, yeah, I've got a bunch of projects that I'm working on <laughs> right now. Uh, okay, so today our podcast topic is do you really need to walk 10,000 steps a day? Welcome to the Warrior School podcast, the podcast for women who train. I believe following a plan that works with your body and has a timeline of years is the future of women's training. I also believe women can train hard. We just need to learn how to do it in a respectful way. So Warrior, this is your go-to show for practical information on training, nutrition, hormones, and performance. Myself and tons of experts will help you create a training strategy that works with your body and gets results. I am your teacher, Amy Bow, coach, dietitian, and the creator of Warrior School. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this. Uh, I really like this. This was a question that I was asked by uh, a woman via the gram and she wanted to know how important is walking in building a foundation? Like, is it important? How much should we do? Uh, Is it essential for a foundation? What are the benefits of walking? So today we're going to talk about walking. And do we really need to walk 10,000 steps a day? Okay, so the way that I thought I would approach this episode is I'm going to share my take on walking with you uh, without the science (laughs) and why I do it. Then we'll look at what the guidelines say, so what the exercise guidelines say, And then we'll look at what the science says around walking. And then at the end of the podcast episode, I will give you some recommendations uh, to help you plan your training. So we'll actually look at total amount of minutes or hours uh, that is recommended to train or exercise, what that looks like broken down, you know, strength wise, aerobic wise, hit wise. Uh, And so we'll round out the the episode with a little bit of a prescription for you that hopefully will help you put it all together in your training. So I walk every day. Uh, I start my day walking and I end my day walking. My day is bookend, bookend and ended. My day is bookended with walking. And for me, it's not about the steps. I actually don't wear anything that counts my steps. Uh, It's not about burning calories. Uh, For me, it's about connection. And so connection to my body, connection to the environment and connection to Hank. So every morning I get up and I walk Hank for about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. And it's our time to connect together. So when I walk, I don't listen to anything. I don't 
I take my phone uh, to sometimes take videos of us walking, take pictures of my dog, uh, sometimes to keep an eye on the time, depending on my day and my schedule. But we use that time to connect to each other. And so I obviously don't have anything in my ears so I can hear everything around me. Uh, I am communicating with Hank where we basically train on every walk uh, together. I can hear what's going on in the environment, which makes me feel more connected to the environment. Uh, And it's a beautiful time to actually connect to my body. Uh, When I was walking this morning, I, you know, I'll just do a check-in and I'll do a scan. How does the body feel? What can I notice? Uh, What feels tight? Um, How am I holding myself? What's my gait feel like? It's just a beautiful time to connect for me. I love starting my day that way and I love ending my day that way. And it helps regulate my nervous system. When I feel stuck, Uh, in my work, often I'll just go out for a walk. It's also a great way uh, to support our circadian rhythm. And so getting out first thing in the morning, seeing the sunlight in your eyes uh, sets that circadian rhythm and sets you up really well for the day. And so I guess what I would invite you to do is shift away from, you know, obsessing about hitting a certain amount of steps not saying that there isn't benefit to that which we'll talk about in a second but look at it from a connection perspective it's you taking the time to step outside of your environment uh, to connect with maybe your dog to connect with the environment to connect with your body Uh, I invite you to not listen to anything uh, unless maybe you have me in your ears (laughs) Uh, but no in all seriousness I really invite you not to listen to anything it'll be super hard you'll hate it you will not like it Uh, but I promise you well oh I don't know if I want to say that but I, I think that you'll fall in love with actually just going out for a walk and not having anything in your head in your ears and connecting to yourself connecting to your environment so I love to start my day that way and I love to end my day that way so I will always end my day taking Hank for a walk as well it's a really beautiful way for me to downregulate my nervous system especially like this afternoon I'm going to be on a bunch of calls all afternoon up until 8 p.m and so I'll head out for a walk after then uh, to bring my nervous system down to get my eyes to look at the uh, sun going down again to regulate that circadian rhythm bring on my melatonin to get me ready to go to bed Uh, again it's a a beautiful time Carson and I normally walk Hank together in the evening so it's a lovely time for us to connect we walk we talk about our day or about business or about life um we're outside in the environment and the body's moving as you know as I'll talk about today the body wants to move the more we can move the body the better uh, and we just live such stagnant lives uh, and so that's my take not scientific at all but those of you who know me not super sciencey uh, not a numbers gal so yeah I believe that we need to walk uh, every day 
for at least half an hour, if not an hour, uh, to connect to ourselves, to connect to the environment. All right, let's look at the research and science. So I looked at the exercise guidelines for Australia from my motherland because uh, <laughs> uh, I like to do that. I'm Australian uh, and I always like to go back and look at what the motherland is recommending. So I recommend looking at your country's uh, exercise guidelines. But in Australia, they say that adults should be active most days, preferably every day. Oh, I love it. It's like the first line at the top of the guidelines. Each week, adults should do either 2.5 hours to 5 hours of moderate intensity physical activity. And these are their (laughs) examples that they give, such as brisk walking, golf, mowing the lawn or swimming. Uh, And 1.25 to 2.5 hours of vigorous intensity physical activity, such as jogging, aerobics, fast cycling, soccer or netball. And to include muscle strengthening activities as part of your daily physical activity on at least two days each week. So this can be push-ups, pull-ups, squats, deadlifts, lifting weights, uh, household tasks such as lifting, carrying or digging. So for even more health benefits, do 300 minutes or five hours of moderate intensity activity, aerobic activity, or 150 minutes, two hours and 30 minutes of vigorous activity each week or a combination of both. The more active you are, the more you will benefit. I love it. <laughs> uh, so those are the guidelines. And then let's look at some of the research around walking in particular. So there is uh, a doctor. He's a professor of uh, epidemiology at Harvard Uh, the School of Public Health, and he's an expert on step counts and health. And he talks about how the 10,000 step count target became popular in Japan in the 1960s. Actually, a clockmaker hoping to really capitalize on the interest of fitness after the 1964 uh, Olympic Games in Tokyo, that uh, he mass produced a pedometer with a name that resembled a walking man uh, when written in Japanese characters. And it also translated to 10,000 steps meter. And that really created this buzz around this idea of the 10,000 steps, uh, needing to get 10,000 steps. And through... With time and through the decades, uh, when we when we kind of look at the fitness world, it somehow became really embedded into, I guess, our global consciousness, uh, and especially embedded into the health and fitness world, that our aim should be to get ten thousand steps a day. Now, Lee, this doctor, has published a number of studies. In 2019, he published one of the first studies specifically 
investigating and looking at the actual effects of meeting 10,000 step goal. So if you look at a lot of the guidelines, the guidelines are based on time. So total minutes or hours. Nowhere in the guidelines that I could find in the Australian guidelines, the American and the Canadian, do they give you a step target? Uh, And they do talk a little bit about why that is uh, in the research, but they follow a time guideline. Now, Lee and his team in 2019 did a big study where they really looked at uh, the effects of actually reaching 10,000 steps a day. And several other large studies have actually followed this study and the results or the conclusion from a bunch of these studies is some movement is good and more is better, but the benefits do taper at some point when it comes to walking. So what they found is that your personal peak depends on your age and people younger than 60 should indeed walk about eight to 10,000 steps a day to get the benefits uh, in terms of life expectancy, so longevity and the cardiovascular benefits. People older than 60 show the most benefits between six and 8,000 steps. Around 7,000 to 9,000 a day is roughly equivalent to 150 to 300 minutes of brisk walking each week. And the target in the guidelines is around 150 to 300 minutes of aerobic activity. So they also did another study where they found that women in their 70s who managed as few as 4,400 steps a day reduced their risk of premature death by 40% compared to women who were only walking 2,700 or fewer steps a day. The risk for early death continued to drop among the women walking more than 5,000 steps a day, but the benefits plateaued off at about seven and a half thousand steps a day. So what they found and what they conclude in the research is that older women who completed fewer than half of the 10,000 steps a day tended to live substantially longer than those who covered even less ground. So they said uh, that we want to be walking at least 4,400 steps If you can walk more than five, you get some more benefits from that. Uh, But anything more than seven and a half, the benefits kind of plateaued out and they didn't see extra added benefits by going over seven and a half thousand for women who were in their 70s. And then there was another really big study done last year and they looked at 5,000 middle-aged men and women Uh, And they found that 10,000 steps a day are not the requirement for longevity. So there is a small body of research when it comes to looking at step count uh, and the health benefits, cardiovascularly and longevity. There's a bigger body of research when we're talking about aerobic um, activity or aerobic capacity. But in this study, they were, again, looking at the step count and what they found in the study was that people who walked about 8,000 steps a day 
we're half as likely to die prematurely from heart disease or any other causes as those compared to those who only accumulated 4,000 steps a day. So they looked at, you know, were there any additional benefits to having a higher step count? to reaching that 10,000 step mark or going over it. And what they found that was that the statistical benefits of additional steps were slight, meaning it didn't hurt people <laughs> to get more daily steps up to and beyond the 10,000 step mark, but the extra steps didn't provide much additional protection against dying young or you know, looking at those longevity markers. So of course, you know, we can walk, we can walk more than 10,000 steps. It's not going to hurt us. Uh, humans were designed to move their bodies. I think if we're just looking at it from an energy perspective and a time perspective, I think it's cool to kind of know, all right, so in some of these studies, they're finding, you know, if I'm under 60, walking eight to 10,000 steps is really good for my cardiovascular health and to help with longevity. If I'm over 60, they're finding, you know, 5,000 to seven and a half thousand provides the benefit that I need to help um, prevent premature death, to help my cardiovascular health and to help my longevity. So longevity is, it's kind of, it's become quite trendy <laughs> recently. Uh, and there is a guy called Peter Atia. He has just written a book. Carson's actually just finished listening to it. Uh, Carson listens to audiobooks. He's a, an amazing um, audio learner. So he learns best by listening, whereas I learn best by actually reading and writing. Uh, and so He's, list, he's just finished listening to Peter Atiyah's um, book and it's all on longevity. So Peter Atiyah is a medical doctor, but he specializes in longevity. Now, there are some stuff that I don't agree with um, when it comes to, you know, his, I guess, philosophy, ideas, um, work. But there's a lot of stuff that I think is really cool that's coming out of his um his decades of work and research. So he focuses a lot on longevity and he talks about how it's really important to hit all four fitness pillars. So he recommends that we need to hit stability, strength, aerobic efficiency, and anaerobic performance to help with longevity and health. And so I wanted to talk through uh, his recommendations and what that actually looks like uh, time-wise. And then we'll go back to the guidelines and we'll create a little bit of a exercise prescription or we'll look at how we can fit it all together, which has been our theme uh, for the past few weeks is looking at how do we approach all of this how do we fit it together? And so today we're talking about how do we fit walking in? Uh, all right. So uh, Peter Atia says that we should do stability for one hour. So that can be split into five to 10 minute blocks done before or during your other workouts. Then he recommends doing strength three times a week for between 45 and 60 minutes. So three full body sessions targeting all major muscle groups. So our big compound lifts, 
Then for aerobic efficiency or zone two aerobic work, he recommends four (laughs) 45 to 60 minute sessions. Four, that blew my mind when I first uh, read it. Uh, And then for anaerobic performance, so HIIT style work or VO2 max work, he recommends one 30 minute uh, session. So let's break that down. Strength wise, that looks like, let's say we do it for 60 minutes. So three 60 minute sessions, that's three hours of strength or 180 minutes per week. Then if we look at aerobic efficiency, so our zone two work, if we look at 45 to 60 minutes, three times a week, that's just over two hours. So between two or three hours, which is between 135 to 180 minutes a week. Then the third one, looking at uh, sit or hit, that's zone five. He recommends 30 minutes once a week. So that's a 30-minute commitment. So let's tally that up. It's between 345 and 390 minutes of activity per week. That's 5.75 to six and a half hours a week. That's at least 45 to 60 minutes, five to six days a week. So that's his recommendation based on uh, years of experience, working in the longevity space. You'll find that recommendation in his book. So let's recap it. Uh, Peter Atia recommends for longevity that we do between 345 to 390 minutes of activity per week. So that's 5.75 to six and a half hours a week. So we're averaging around 45 to 60 minutes a day for at least five to six days a week. And we wanna spread all of that stuff throughout the week. So we wanna be doing some stability work, strength work, aerobic efficiency work and anaerobic performance work. So let's go back to the guidelines. The guidelines say two and a half to five hours or 150 to 300 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity. So that could be like our aerobic efficiency. It can be lifting weights, so strength training. And I'd also put like stability or mobility underneath that. And then 1.25 to 2.5 hours or 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous intensity physical activity. So this could be HIIT training, SIT training, running, cycling. It could be very intense weightlifting sessions. So from the guidelines, we're looking at 3.75 to seven and a half hours a week. Uh, of a combination of moderate intensity uh, or low-end training and high-intensity or top-end training. So we can also look at it from that perspective. So walking would sit into low-end training. Uh, And so that recovery space, mobility, stability, working on technique – Walking zone two, so building your aerobic base is low end. And then top end would be the time that we would spend doing that vigorous, intense activity. So uh, 
really heavy weightlifting sessions, hit sessions, sit sessions, um, running, cycling, sprinting. So we want a combination. So if we kind of look at both of their recommendations and approaches, we want to be doing something a minimum of, we would say around four hours uh, a week and up to seven and a half hours a week. So if we look at, okay, how do we kind of fit all of that in? And for me, so I'll walk in the morning for about 60 minutes. Uh, Now, a lot of the time I'm not getting into that zone two state. Some of the time I can, depending uh, how hard Hank wants to to push and to walk. But uh, a lot of the time I'll sit into that zone one. uh, And so it's not high enough to push into that zone two. Uh, So... I will do at least two zone two sessions a week for about 40 minutes each, which is really, you know, you could spread that across four for 20 minutes. But for me, it just works to do two 40 minute zone twos a week. I strength train uh, around four times a week. Mostly it's four times a week. Uh, And then I... Right now, I'm not doing uh, HIIT sessions, but if I did, I would do that one time a week. I add my plyometrics into my strength training sessions and then I walk again in the evening. So total walk time, uh, probably not being again in zone two would be, uh, you know, seven to 10 hours a week. I would walk and then I would spend... Uh, you know, 80, 85 minutes in zone two. Uh, My strength sessions normally go for an hour, an hour and 20 minutes. So that is, you know, let's say five hours of strength training a week. Uh, And then if I was to do a hit session, that would just be a 20 minute um, sit session or hit session. Uh, So I actually haven't added that up. You can add that up if you want. Uh, But my recommendation to structure that for you would be try and, you know, for a lot of my women, they just start with 20 minute walks uh, every day. And then we slowly build from there. Uh, Maybe start on your non-training days uh, and then try and build it into your training days as well. Uh, And then all of my women start with strength training three times a week for about an hour And then we start to include aerobic work. So zone two work. Most of them just do it twice a week for at least maybe 20 minutes up to 30 minutes. Uh, And then for some of them, I start to include some hit sessions, but they're short 20 minute sessions uh, doing, you know, eight or so rounds of 20 to 30 second sprints. Uh, So hopefully, you know, walking you through that, (laughs) pun intended, uh, is helpful when it comes to planning out your training, uh, planning out your week. I truly believe that walking is such a powerful practice to connect us to our body and our environment. And, you know, it does count towards your health and your longevity. Do we really need to hit 10,000 steps every single day? No, I don't think so. Sometimes we've got to prioritize um, other things, you know, other forms of training and we can't always fit it all in. 
but I highly recommend it as a connection practice. All right, short and sweet. Uh, Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you on the next one. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.